Episode 53, The History of Christmas. BBC.co.uk Religion defines winter solace as the pagan celebration of winter solace, also known as Yule, is one of the oldest winter celebrations in the world. Ancient people were hunters and spent most of their time outdoors. The seasons and weather played a very important part in their lives. Because of this, many ancient people had great reverence for and even worshipped the sun. The Norsemen of Northern Europe saw the sun as a wheel that changed the seasons. It was from the word for this wheel, how, that the word Yule is thought to have come. At midwinter, the Norsemen lit bonfires, told stories, and drank sweet ale. The ancient Romans also held a festival to celebrate the rebirth of the year. Saturnalia ran for seven days from the 17th of December. It was a time when the ordinary rules were turned upside down. Men dressed as women and masters dressed as servants. The festival also involved decorating houses with greenery, lighting candles, holding processions, and giving presents. The winter solace falls on the shortest day of the year, December the 21st, and was celebrated in Britain long before the arrival of Christianity. The Druids, the Celtic priest, would cut the mistletoe that grew on the oak tree and give it as a blessing. Oaks were seen as sacred, and the winter fruit of the mistletoe was a symbol of life in the dark winter months. It was also the Druids who began the tradition of the Yule Log. The Celts thought that the sun stood still for 12 days in the middle of winter, and during this time, a log was lit to conquer the darkness, banish evil spirits, and bring luck for the coming year and many of these customs are still being followed today. They have been incorporated into Christianity or the Christian church and secular celebrations of Christmas. December the 21st celebration of the winter solace was changed by the Roman Catholic Christian church in the fourth century. Bishop Julius of Rome declared December the 25th the official date of Christmas. Historians believed he picked this date because the 25th of December was the pagan celebrations of Saturn or the Sun, aka Sol Invictus. And again, this is the same day Nimrod's reincarnated son, Tammuz, was born, supposedly. Nimrod's wife was a goddess of fertility and she was called Istar. She convinced people that her son, whom she had after Nimrod's death, was Nimrod reborn. Nimrod built the Tower of Babel to the sky in order to take the Most High off his throne. And we discussed often that this is where all evil can be traced back to. The 25th of December falls in the middle of Yule or the winter solace. Sonsofvikings.com slash history states, Yule is known as a time in which family and friends would strengthen their ties to each other through hospitality, feasting, drinking, gift giving, and making merry in the face of the privations and dangers of winter. The pagan Scandinavian and Germanic people of Northern Europe celebrated the winter holiday called Yule. Celtic priests or Druids liked the Yule log. Yule and the Yule log runs the eve before the winter solace to New Year's Day or Hogmanay to the Celts. It was a time of introspection and planning for the future. 
early Celtic calendars measured months according to the moon's revolution of the earth. The custom of burning the Yule log was performed to honor the great mother goddess. The log was lit on the eve of the solace, the darkest night, using the remains of the log from the previous year and burned for 12 days for good luck. The Celts believed the sun stood still for the 12 days. It symbolized the continuity of life and light from the dark night of our souls, which spring the new spark of hope, the sacred fire, and the light of the world. This is where we get the contemporary 12 days of Christmas. During this coldest season of the year, the Celts sought to connect the old and new through song and dance, representing the death and rebirth of the new year. The birth of the sun worked well with the Christian celebrations of the birth of the Son of God, who brings light to the world. The Celtic priests or Druids decorated a Yule tree. The decorating of a Yule tree also originated with the Celts. Brightly colored decorations were hung on a tree, usually a pine tree to symbolize life, which were of significance to the Celts, such as the sun, the moon, and the stars. The tree also represented the souls of those who had died the previous year. They believed the spirits of the dead resided in the tree, and many believed the tree represented Nimrod. The Celtic priests, or Druids, loved gift-giving. The modern practice of gift-giving evolved from the Celtic tradition of hanging gifts on the Yule tree as offerings to various pagan gods and goddesses. Osiris, the Egyptian god of fertility, of the dead and afterlife, it was combined with various Greek gods and Hellenism to form the god of Serapis. Serapis was believed to have been started by Alexander the Great or the Ptolemy dynasty while invading and living in Egypt. The Greeks began ruling Egypt in 330-ish BCs and the worship of Osiris continued long after into the 5th century. From Osiris came Odin, which is German from Scandinavia. Odin, the god of wisdom and magic, was of Norse mythology, which historians note as the origination of the Yule celebration. He was known for giving gifts and riding on an eight-legged horse called Sleipner that flew in the sky. Norse gods like Thor traveled across the sky to bring gifts to children. The Bafana goddess delivered gifts to children and filled their socks with candy and presents if they were good. The Holly King, the Celtic winter god, his strength peaked during the Yule or winter solace. Gift-giving Greek folklore was continued with St. Nicholas or Nicholas of Bari, a Greek bishop in the Catholic Christian Church who loved to give gifts in secret. Theodosius even had a church built in his honor called the St. Nicholas Church. Historians note that St. Nicholas' gift-giving merged with Father Christmas to create Santa Claus. Father Christmas was an English folklore who symbolized feasting and good cheer. Basically, Father Christmas was for adults to celebrate and have a good time and had absolutely nothing to do with children or giving presents. Listen to this excerpt from the Oxford Dictionary of English Folklore on Father Christmas from J. Simpson and S. Rode. 
earliest evidence for a personified Christmas is a carol contributed to Richard Smart, rector of Plymetree from 1435 to 1477. It is a song dialogue between someone representing Sir Christmas and a group who welcome him in a way suggestive of a visiting custom. Noel, 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 Noel. Who is there that singeth so? I am here, Sir Christmas. Welcome, my Lord Christmas. Welcome to us all, both more and less. Come near, Noel. Sir Christmas then gives news of Christ's birth and urges his hearers to drink. Bouvez ben, partoute, la compagnie, make good cheer and be right merry. Father Christmas was pictured as an old bearded man who was either a reveler, a wild holly-crowned giant pouring wine, or a lean man with a bowl and log. In the 19th century, Father Christmas emerged into a family-friendly role who brought gifts to children. This new role would imitate St. Nicholas the Bishop who loved to give gifts in secret. Father Christmas would then become Santa Claus and we can scramble Santa to get your boy, Satan. Washington's Irving's History of New York in 1809, Santa Claus was angelicized into Santa Claus, a name first used in the U.S. press in 1773. Both lost his bishop's apparel and was at first pictured as a thick-bellied Dutch sailor with a pipe and a green winter coat. Irvin's book was a parody of the Dutch culture of New York, and much of this portrait is his joking invention. Irvin's interpretation of Santa Claus was a part of a broader movement to tone down the increasingly wild Christmas celebrations of the era which included aggressive home invasions under the guise of what was suing substantial premarital sex, leading to shotgun weddings in areas where the Puritans, waning in power and firmly opposed to Christmas, still held some influence, and the public displays of sexual defiancy. The celebrations of the era were derided by both upper-class merchants and Christian purists alike. This is per Christmas was invented in New York by Justin Fox. Now, these jokes came from somewhere, and it's appalling regardless. Santa lived in the North Pole, which is where the descendants of Japheth and Esau lived in the north. The people in Scandinavian were known as North Men. The Celtic priests or Druids believed the mistletoe was sacred. Per hollydappy.com holidays, the Celts used mistletoe as a healing plant as their superstitions and mythical beliefs told them. Because mistletoe bestowed miraculous healing powers, it was known to mean all heal in Celtic languages. In Celtic times, it was believed that the mistletoe held the soul of the oak tree, its host tree. Mistletoe is a parasitic plant that grows in the boughs of trees, one of them being the oak tree. It also symbolized pagan blessings of fertility. Celtic priests or Druids laid holly. In Celtic times, it was customary to place holly leaves in branches around their homes and dwellings during the winter. It was believed that tiny fairies that inhabited the forests would come to their homes and use the holly as shelter against the cold. The Druids believed that holly remained green to help keep the earth beautiful when shedding trees had lost their leaves. The red and holly berries were believed to represent the sacred menstrual blood of their mother goddess. What? 
The Celts also laid holly around their homes and dwellings to decorate doors and windows so it would capture evil spirits before they entered the house. Holly is also a part of the sun god Saturn from ancient Rome. Wreaths represented fertility and were made for pagan rituals in Europe. Christianity accepted the symbolism of the wreath based upon its Roman association with honor and moral virtue, project goody in the culture of flowers. So when you're singing Christmas carols like Deck the Halls, do you even know what you're singing about? Deck the halls with boughs of holly, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Troll the ancient Yuletide carol, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Done we now our gay apparel, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. See the blazing Yule before us, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. The star, it's a five-pointed pentagram or pentalpha. It was a symbol used in Egypt, Greece, Babylon, and was a part of Plato philosophies. It was known as the symbol of Nimrod or Satan. Candles were used in pagan rituals. It represented the sun newly born fire. Candles were used to decorate the Yule or Christmas tree. And now today we use Christmas lights. The elves, they had magical powers and are the fairies of paganism. They are Satan's, I mean Santa's helpers. Normythology.org states, Elves are luminous beings, more beautiful than the sun, whose exalted status is demonstrated by their constantly being linked with the gods in Old Norse and the Old English poetry. Odin loved to give gifts and the gift-making elves were called Odin's men. Sonsofvikings.com states, The Vikings and other northern European peoples believed that Odin raced across the windy night skies, leading his pack of gods, elves, beasts, and ancestral spirits in a great hunt against the ice giants and the forces of darkness. Wow. The dwarves and elves of Norse mythology were specifically known to be the creators of wondrous things such as Odin's magical spear, Thor's magical hammer, and many other known gifts. Historians believe Santa riding with the eight reindeers came from Odin's eight-legged horse. The reindeer comes from the horned god born in winter. Janet Farah in the Witch's Bible states, The horned god is born in winter, impregnates the goddesses, and dies during the autumn and winter months, and is then reborn by the goddess at Yule. Okay. In Wicca, the cycle of the seasons is celebrated during eight Sabbaths called the Wheel of the Year. The seasonal cycle is imagined to follow the relationship between the horned god and the goddesses. Per Barbara Jane Davy, Introduction to Pagan Studies. The poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas, now known as the Night Before Christmas was first published in 1837, and it talks about the father seeing St. Nicholas riding in the sky on a sleigh with eight reindeers. The word Christmas comes from the Middle English word Christmas and the Old English word Christus Mas, meaning Christ's Mass. Mass comes from the Latin word Missa, which is a feminine word. Missa means dismissal. So Christmas actually means Christ's dismissal or death sacrifice. Thus, Christmas by definition means the death of Christ. And during the Catholic Mass ceremonies, Christ dies during the Mass or his death is a part of every Mass. 
Keep in mind, his name is not Christ. His name is Yeshua HaMashiach. You didn't change Buddha's name. You didn't change Muhammad's name. So why did you change our Savior's name? His name is Yeshua HaMashiach. So why is all this history important? Well, we need to know the history or origination for why we do what we do. And if our family traditions are pagan and are rooted in paganism, we should pause, reevaluate, and repent. Yeshua was not born in December. It is believed Yeshua was born during the Israelite holy days between September, October, or March, April. Of course, no one knows for certain, but for certain, we shouldn't be celebrating Yeshua's birthday during the exact time of known pagan feast. Pick another day, pick another season. From Nimrod to Egypt, to the Greeks, to the Romans, to now, paganism has survived from century to century. And paganism has always been mixed in with some truth, making it difficult for people to decipher from the surface what's true and what's not. They changed the names of Yah and Yeshua when other gods like Buddha and Muhammad didn't change. They changed Yeshua's appearance from burnt bronze with coily hair to white with blue eyes and stringy blonde hair. They mixed the Israelite holy days with the days of their new religion days and called it something else. Knowing the last original Israelites and followers of Yeshua were driven out of their homeland in the first century and the original people and customs were intentionally disregarded. The foundation of Christmas can be traced back to reverie, feasting, partying, drinking, and just having a good old time as Nimrod and the pagan gods love to do. The Christmas customs of today can be traced back to the Nord gods. The Nord gods tied back to Osiris and Osiris came out of Nimrod. Israelites, we should want no parts of Nimrod or paganism, no matter the new revelations that have been birthed over centuries, making it seem okay. We don't need trees, lights, wreaths, holly, gifts, Father Christmas, Santa, or even a Christmas to acknowledge Yeshua's birth. Yeshua should be celebrated every day with sincerity and truth without the frills and thrills of this world. Instead of giving and receiving gifts on a day that is someone else's birthday, ask Yah to give you wisdom on how to take this pagan holiday off the calendar for you and your family. Indefinitely, Christmas continually makes the same people richer while we become poor mentally, spiritually, financially, and emotionally. And during this time of the year, depression, suicide, Envy, jealousy, and sorrow fills the cups of so many people trying to keep up, trying to celebrate a holiday that is not from Yah. Ask yourself, would the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob have me, an Israelite or Gentile who believes, to be killing ourselves and stressing over these pagan holidays like Christmas, Thanksgiving, Easter? Or should we be following the Israelite holy days? Passover, Unleavened Bread, Feast of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, Feast of Boots, and the Great Day. Yah would choose the latter. Exodus 20 and 3. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. As we seek truth, please seek truth with us. Please send questions or comments to info at truthwars.com or come at here. We don't claim to know everything. We just seek the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that knows everything. 
Let truth roar. Let truth reign. Let truth speak. And let truth set you and your entire family free. Truth roars. Truth reigns. Truth speaks. Truth sets me free. Please see a podcast disclaimer at truthwars.com.